Hello and welcome to episode number 284 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good man, pretty good. You know it's always a good week when uh, where's Craven's in the title. Yes, we are back with our ongoing saga, our ranking of Wes Craven movies, um, which has been, what, did we start this? It must have been 2020, like unofficially with the Scream retrospectives, and then obviously... Officially, some sort of anniversary show, wasn't it? The retrospective. Yeah, uh, yeah, they were just after two hundred. So um, I think it was two hundred one to two hundred four was when we did them back to back, and then obviously, yeah, then we officially kicked it off um, around. I want to say around this time last year. Um, so yeah, it's been good. We're kind of. Well, I think this is number eleven that we've done of these now. Um, yeah, it's number mm-hmm. eleven. So we're getting through them. Like we're we, you know we're, we're over halfway because I think there's nineteen that we decided on doing. Um, so yeah, we're getting through it. We're building the list. The list has definitely taken yeah. some nice shapes at this point. Um, there has been some lot of movement. I had to like make sure I pulled the most recent list from obviously our last episode um, because obviously not Did only iteration of the list. <laughs> no, just the most recent. But obviously we hadn't. Um, normally I'm like, okay, I need to make sure that the most recent movie is added. But obviously mm. not only did we add the Hills of Eyes Part Two, but we did actually move around some movies as well. If you if you'll recall, um, Scream Two went up a spot. So. Oh but yeah we will get to the to the list way later in the show in fact um mm. after we've discussed deadly friend um which was both of our first time viewing of this little gem of a movie um Crazy. which is is it is it the first one that we both haven't seen um yeah yeah because you'd seen deadly blessing and swamp thing before yeah so yeah first time viewing on both of us very exciting indeed um but first a little bit of news um <coughs> this first one is is both hilarious um and interesting and i'm so glad my favorite two things combined <laughs> i'm so glad that i've spoke about this now in the previous two weeks because it makes me look like a genius um but it was also like obvious um so yeah scream kicking up a storm um yeah it turns out they're making another one um as as i kept saying in the news over the last few weeks and this is the exact reason and it's a perfect example um of why we talk about box office on this show if you're someone who just doesn't give a shit about that um this is why you should if you want more of these movies that you like um because when a movie makes a hundred million dollars worldwide um they're gonna make another one and exactly will will edgar wright's next movie be a horror movie (laughs) Will will there be a new Scream movie? I think, you know, one of those was very clearly a yes, and one of them is most likely a no, and it's very unfortunate for, you know, for one of those scenarios. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's always, that's why it's gut in when movies that we love don't do well, um, and and that is why you obviously want to see good movies do well, and yeah, this movie's Ooh. done fantastically. Um, the Ooh. announcement is kind of what I expected, just with one small element missing. So, yeah, they've uh, Paramount and Spyglass have officially announced that they will be making another Scream, um, obviously tentatively titled Scream 6. Um, we do have the same duos of both writers and directors. Um, mm-hmm. So, Matt and Tyler, who are the uh, directors, and then James and Guy who co-wrote the script together so that's cool that's all the same as the last movie mm-hmm. um and that's it that's kind of all we have um the one element yeah. that i am surprised we didn't get here was a release date um only mm-hmm. for the simple reason that production companies love to put their line in the sand nice and early and and just stick <clears throat> a date and so for them to just be like yeah january 2024 you know scare away everyone else um that's why they do it especially with a behemoth like this which is you know it's probably 
probably one of the reasons why maybe Black Phone got delayed this year until June, that they probably mm. saw the way this movie was trending and like, yeah, we don't want to, you know, go up against that. Like, you know, so we're just going to wait. Um, so that's the only element of this that I expected that we didn't get is a release date. But obviously the other part of this is that there's zero cast announcements at this point, um, yeah. which is, again, what I expected. Um, now, obviously, to avoid spoilers, obviously, mm-hmm. um, but obviously there were legacy characters in the previous movie. Um, do you, do, I guess, my obviously there's a lot to unpack here and obviously talk about like <laughs> thoughts about just the movie in general. I guess there's not really much else to say, but I think that's why I wanted to point it towards this more specific question was like do you expect legacy characters because for me i'd I'd much rather they just weren't in it but yeah what do you think i think at this point i i would like them not not to be in it Mm. um but i also feel like it's extremely difficult to make a screen movie without them in it at this point because they've been in them all effort they feel like 90 percent of the last one (laughs) correct but then you know made them pretty integral towards the end and i just kind of feel like all over um, the marketing and the trailers which is more important i guess yeah and i, and I just kind of feel like if, if they were going to sever the ties it kind of felt like then but but maybe now is a good time that you know scream post wes has legs and so maybe it is the you know the legacy characters that got the eyeballs on there and now they don't necessarily need it again um i mean it doesn't shock me for for a second that um, there's not an announcement because obviously a it's incredibly soon after mm. the the release so obviously announce announcements of cast would be um, quite spoilery um, yeah. but also um, the the legacy characters carry quite a lot of weight when it comes to the contract negotiations if they want them in it and um they got announced so, for the last movie <laughs> correct and 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 that was the reason why i'm mm. i'm certain um because yeah speaking just about the last movie now you know you imagine the three characters were all sat there kind of thinking well you know what sort of blank check am i getting you know mm. courtney cox is like I've just done a friends reunion show. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Like, do you know what I mean? So yeah, they're, they're not going to get announced until very late doors because they're going to be the most expensive part of this movie. If they decide they want any of them. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, I personally hope they're not in it. Any of them. Um, mm. I would it's much just rather them at this point. Yeah, I'd much rather them just move away from it. I think a lot of the things that I really liked from the last screen were, were the new characters, like most of them. And so I do think that they've that they've shown that they can just create intro. I mean, like the Scream franchise has always done this anyway, because like Scream 4's new cast was incredible as well. Mm-hmm. And so I would much rather them not become one of these franchises, especially yeah. horror franchises, that just constantly has to regurgitate the past constantly and always tie it into it's yeah. this anniversary of the first movie. Well, because has, it blah, 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 to become- score at that Mm. point you know where you're like oh you know it's all got to go back to billy and billy's mom and what Mm. what they you know what they did or or billy's dad and you know all of this stuff where where actually if we did just break away from it and um because i think going into scream like one of the things i forgot and i was reminded heavily of with with this new movie in particular um is just how much i love stab Mm. I love Stab and the evolution of Stab and and all of that so much. And I just think like if they focus on that and focus on, um, you know, that being weaved into the plot and, you know, fans of the movies and and all of that stuff, like 
I, I love it so much. You know, a- anything with the Stab movies in across the entire franchise is is some of my favorite stuff. That's that's you know not kills just just like just in general. I, I, and so yeah, for me, that's where I'd want the focus to be. Yeah, I think like the the, the kind of theater experience um, when they're showing oh, Stab yeah. in sort in uh, Scream Two is like one of the best moments in the whole franchise. Certainly yeah. in the sequels, I think it's so strong. And so yeah, I would love to see them kind of go into that more. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, the Scream continues to dominate this year, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we'll oh, have happy. more to talk about in the future. Um, so yeah, congratulations to them all. Um, next up, this is like this is a weird one because I could have sworn we've talked about this in the news before, and so maybe it was like a slight variation. But like I saw places reporting it in the past week, Variety in particular. So I thought, well, I'll bung it in here because it's something that we're both interested in. Um, which is basically Disney Plus have uh, given the green light to a new live action Goosebumps TV series. Um, <laughs> So again, I, I could have sworn we've talked about this. I know there's been so many different iterations of Goosebumps recently with the films and cartoons and stuff, but like, yeah. I've always wanted just a proper, you know, version of what I we grew up on, which was the live action TV show, which is what I loved so much. And it seems like that's what this is, but with a caveat, which is very confusing. Um, so there's a there's a plot synopsis. Um, which says the series follows a group of five high schoolers who unleash supernatural forces upon their town and must all work together, um, learning much about their own parents' uh, teenage secrets in the process. So it's that sounds almost like a one continuous story mm. um, with them maybe pulling in different stories. And so it sounds like the 2015 movie. Um, and yeah. what's even more interesting is the director of that movie, Rob Letterman is directing the first episode of this TV show. Um, so I'm kind of like, okay, well, what the hell is this then? Because for, I do like the, that 2015 movie, but mm-hmm. it was completely yeah. different to what I want from goosebumps, especially <laughs> in a TV show. I purely want it to be anthology and I purely mm-hmm. want it to be one episode per book um so i don't really get yeah. what this is and i don't know why you would want to just do a tv show version of that movie anyway that just doesn't sound good um so yeah i don't really know how to feel about this like what, how do you feel about yeah. this one <clears throat> i pretty much echo what you've just said like you know i i want the um tv show i want the you know the thing about the 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 jack black movie was that um it was really fun and it had these nods to the books mm. It was its own story. Yeah. You know, I want It Came From Beneath the Sink, Haunted Mask, you know, Monster Blood. Mm. I want those episodic TV shows. That's what I want. I love those books. I have such nostalgia for those books. And I want those stories in their entirety. I don't just want a little scene where you see a, a sponge with a face. You mm. know, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Like, I want the episode. And yeah. I know I have the episode, but but I, you know if they're going to redo it, that that's what I want redone. I want the standalone episodes. You know there are so many books. There are you know there there are stories beyond the originals as well. It's not even like they necessarily have to do the the stuff that's done before. But I think really if you're gonna if you're gonna lean into it, you want to do the good stuff. The, mm. the you know the, the the you know the proper original content. But, but yeah, that's what I want. And so yeah, the announcement is disappointing with that synopsis for sure. I think it's just so rife for a new version as well, because mm. for as much as I love it and I have, I rewatched them all only a few years ago. I think I did mention it on the podcast, mm. but like 
I wouldn't recommend it to people who don't have that love and nostalgia because it's so goofy and silly. I don't think it holds up. It's pure nostalgia for why I love it. It's it's 90s TV budget, which which for people that don't know was <laughs> nothing. You know, like until we had kind of like the post lost boom when like TV yeah. shows were actually getting budgets and getting actual world class actors in them. Like it, TV was so barren for so long and people forget. And like, yeah, I think now, like especially with someone like Disney Plus funding it, you know it's going to have the most ridiculous budget like all of their shows do so like i would love to see like a proper goosebumps anthology with a disney plus budget i just think it would be excellent and i don't care if it's a yeah. kid's show either i'm sure i would still enjoy it um so yeah, yeah I, I i hope this isn't yeah i'm i'm assuming or i guess i'm hoping this is just some like miscommunication in this announcement um but we'll keep yeah, hopefully uh, that's updated. you know the plot of the pilot and that is a goosebumps mm. book that i can't you know i can't really pin a book to that synopsis but yeah you know um hopefully that's what it is potentially could be a wraparound as well like who know who knows it's very mm. confusing right now um and then yeah last sort of um news story this week um i just want to throw this in here because basically we had the the bafta noms over the past week um and also the oscar noms just came out today which i've added a very small part about just to the end <laughs> of this um but there is a few genre stuff in here worth talking about which is always nice to see um so yeah kicking things off with the movie that should have got way more love um but didn't but at least got something um is last night in soho um so it did pick up two nominations um it picked up a nomination for outstanding british film um which is actually only the second time uh edgar's ever been nominated for this award um and so yeah he got nominated previously for the same award for Shaun of the dead um and that's his only ever previous bafta nomination across all of his films um which blows my mind when i think about like baby driver and just so many different movies i feel like Um, that in particular though baby driver i think that across all boards but and also the fact that hot fuzz wasn't nominated for best (laughs) british film like are you fucking kidding me like yeah it's just a joke and so like i'm I'm, I wouldn't even want to look at the list that year. Like, it would anger me. I did earlier because I was curious, and I've already forgotten all the films that were there because they were just forgettable movies um but yeah so i'm glad that he's obviously got that nom um the other nomination for last night in soho is for best sound um so obviously it got two across the board interestingly enough also in the best sound category um is a quiet place part two um so that gets and that is it's a kind of singular nomination for the film but as a side note um millicent simmons is nominated for the rise and star award um which is pretty nice and that is the only bafta that is voted for by the public um which is a nice one um so it kind of got a couple little nods in there um i think most notably out of all of this because this was a huge shock um is that Julia DeCorno um, is nominated for Best Director for Titan, um, which is an incredible kind of, I guess, upset or just shock um, because Titan is not nominated for anything else. Um, in particular, yeah. it is not nominated for Best Film Not in the English Language. Which I was going to say, I thought there was like a subtitled category. Yeah yeah that's that's what that's called and then in the oscars it's called best international film now and it's not Mm. nominated for either but like but she's nominated for best director which is like you know stuff like dune for example which is nominated for loads of baftas you know he's not nominated for best director so like that is a huge win for that movie and for her Mm. so that's it you know congratulations that's awesome um and yeah i mean like edgar for example has never been nominated for best director so yeah that's that's fantastic to see um and then kind of the other movie that we've obviously covered for the show what we're big fans of um 
is Nightmare Alley, um, which did get three nominations at the BAFTAs. Um, so Best Cinematography, uh, Best Production Design, and Best Costume Design, which I think un- undoubtedly it deserved all three of those nominations. Yeah. I think it's absolutely exceptional in all three of those categories. And I guess what's interesting as a final note is, yeah, the Oscar noms came out today. There's nothing for all of the other movies that we've just talked about. Um, but Nightmare Alley is nominated for those exact same three categories categories at the oscars mm. as well as best picture um so thankfully it is nominated for best picture which is fantastic yeah. I, I think i can't believe del toro misses out on deck best director across both these you know the baftas and the oscars it's just ridiculous um and obviously there's more to get angry about but like i think it's always nice to focus on the small wins and so i think definitely in here i think nightmare alley being nominated for best picture is fully deserved and definitely a shout out to julia for being nominated for best director is fantastic as well and obviously edgar getting a couple of noms is lovely i'm 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 very happy for edgar as well and i I really hope he picks up one that you know just you know for him to get that British award, I just think, you know, he, he couldn't be more deservant of it really, Mm. you know, uh, for, for what a champion he is for, for British kind of cinema film, uh, you know, movies. And and yet he's been nominated once before in his entire career. So yeah, Yeah. I I really hope he, he, he gets, he gets at least one. It is shocking. Like I think the BAFTAs, we don't really talk about it too much because obviously a lot of the times when we go to, when we talk about awards, it goes straight to the Oscars. But I think the BAFTAs, annoys me even more in some ways because i feel like they should be they have a chance to, yeah, to be less pretentious exactly you know? they have yeah. that chance where i think they are i really do respect the baftas a lot more than i respect the oscars just as a mm. sort of organization and the way it's run i've always been interested in the baftas i think i do actually respect them as a kind of organization but i do think that they could it could be so much more willing to uh, to look at stuff you know i think they they, they really mm. don't like to go out of like we talk about specific oscar bait movies but when I think about the BAFTAs and how much they're obsessed with period stuff, uh, you yeah. know, anything that wow. is set in old timey England, anything that is a bit regal or royal or elegant, you oh, know, they, they, they love that stuff and they <clears throat> always have done and they always will do. And that really bums me out. Um, so yeah, it's, it's cool to see at least some change in here and especially movies that you just wouldn't expect. Like it's great to see a quiet place part two here and obviously like Julia yeah. and stuff. So it's, it's cool um and who knows i mean nightmare alley might win best picture it won't um I, oh yeah and that's the other thing as well again i know that this is why i didn't want to bring this up because there's so many things that annoy me bradley cooper not even remotely getting yeah. a sniff at best it's, actor it's just fucking tragic it's disgusting look at the supporting cast as well you know mm. it's it's a madness you know yeah. that's that, the that thing. entire cast <laughs> top to bottom was yeah was 10 out of 10 that is why you have to focus it, on the it, good things and yeah. then you can't think about the things that have just been ridiculously snubbed because I, I also think Thomas and Mackenzie should easily be um, yeah. nominated for Rising Star Award as well because she's someone who's literally come out of nowhere for me and then in the last year I'm like I want to see her in more stuff so yeah I want to see her in everything because she's yeah, incredible exactly yeah. so um, yeah congrats to all the people hopefully you mm. know I can't imagine that out of all these nominations they're going to win any unfortunately but hey it's mm. a win to at least get nominated um, to get one let's just get one that's what I, want. I would take it but looking at this and looking at the categories yeah. honestly the only one i might see is maybe julia because it's it's so wild that she's even nominated that she's such like a left field that it's very hard to predict um but i think the rest of the categories are all pretty easy at this point um which is a shame but uh 
yeah we'll see obviously this we're still like about a month away i think i think they're usually end of feb sort of start of march so we'll report on it if there's any good news if there's no good news we won't report on it so you probably won't hear us talk about the winners at any point (laughs) um but yeah shall we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about deadly friend So yeah, this is a uh, a very interesting one. As we keep saying that we neither of us had seen this. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is. I'm trying to think. Uh, like I'll probably glance at his titles again in a minute. But I'm, I feel like this is the one that I've always known the least about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I always had a vague sense about, I mean, I knew quite a lot about Swamp Thing for sure, especially mm. with like recent reboots and stuff, even Deadly Blessing. I knew a bit about the cast and stuff, but like this one was always, especially because its title was so similar, like, I always forgot it even existed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it yeah. is such a weird one because it's prime, you know, it's mid eighties Craven. Yeah, um, and it, and it is in those, you know, recent years after Nightmare on Elm Street that came out that you really think this would be a case of like, right, boom, he's hit the heights now and he's going to kick on and and then you get a movie like this which is very i think think it's easy to say it's forgotten in wes craven's kind of lineage shall we say um it's not a movie that gets brought up i see time and time again there's there's champions for shocker there's champions for people under the stairs obviously we're we're still to see both movies in official capacity but like i never really see the deadly friend even swamp thing as well we saw a lot of love for swamp thing when we did the episode um i never see the champions yeah i feel like this is just one that doesn't get seen because people think they've seen deadly blessing and so they've seen the wes movie that's called deadly exactly so it's it is a weird one and it's obviously it's billed as a science fiction horror Mm. film on wikipedia and i mean to go into like we always kind of start i guess with the history of these movies a bit and it's it's very much the same story that we've said time and time again, um, mm. which is he, he he decided to or he wanted to make one type of movie. And then what eventually came out is a very different type of movie. Um, so initially, kind of this was supposed to just be a sci fi thriller, mm-hmm. um, not any horror elements whatsoever. Mm. He kind of wanted to focus more on plot it was and character be a family, development. Like, you know, like a PG 13, wasn't it originally? Yeah, it was going to be PG. And he, he really wanted it to be like a dark love story between mm. the two main characters, um, which we'll obviously get to. Yeah. And that was always <clears> his intention. And th- there's kind of a lot to go over here, but I'll just like briefly summarize that essentially there was an original cut that was shown to a test audience. The test audience did not respond well to it. Um, they, you know, criticized that it didn't have the usual Wes Craven flavors, the the graphic violence, the kills, etc. Um, so kind of a Warner Bros who were in charge of this movie um, demanded reshoots, script rewrites, added in gory scenes, adding in dream sequences to try and <laughs> cling on to anything to do with Nightmare on Elm Street um, and essentially just butcher anything that this movie might have been at some point um and so the the movie then got drastically altered in post-production losing so many of the original plot obviously once you add all of the kind of kills and horror sequences the movie therefore gets longer they then need to cut it down so what are they going to get rid of they're going to get rid of any sort of character development um so the movie ended up losing a lot of its plot a lot of its actual you know emotional scenes between the characters and a, a new ending gets tacked on as well which we'll get to because the ending is ridiculous of this film um oh man 
and ends up just being a real bastard <laughs> case of a movie isn't it like even watching this for the first time with no knowledge about it and then reading all of this afterwards it was so obvious that this movie was all over the shop wasn't it in, in, in terms of tonally because it was like yeah. one minute i was watching this goofy robot and then the next minute i'm watching this like graphic violence scene i'm like what is this <laughs> when when we got like because I think I messaged you after about 20 minutes of this movie. Like, <laughs> fuck, what am I watching? Am I watching the right thing? It's yeah. like this. It, it is like a uh, 80s TV show. Mm, yeah. Like, like, you know, short circuits just come out and, mm. and they're trying to do a rip off of it. And you have like this, this terrible robot with this <laughs> really weird voice. Um, <laughs> Not in, the in, voice, man. In, <laughs> it, the, the, this, this is a teen comedy. Yeah. And then, and then suddenly you get this dream sequence where where a bloke gets stabbed in the chest oh with a pipe gosh. and starts spewing blood all over the <laughs> person. And I'm like, what? What is going on? And I'm like, yeah, it, it's it's very jarring, definitely, when you watch this movie. <clears throat> kind of not, you know, I, I I had no clue what to expect. So, um, I as the movie progressed, I remembered that I kind of had a rough idea of the plot. But the plot mm. really doesn't kick in until the second half of the movie. So oh, yeah, which was half- for me because I had no idea what was going to happen. And so I was when it like turns yeah. and becomes a different movie. I did not see it coming at all. I was like, "What the hell?" I, I genuinely thought it was going to be this fun, goofy movie about this yeah, robot. Just kill a robot. <laughs> yeah. Um, because yeah, I mean, I guess I guess kind of you know going into a plot for a movie that's this old. Um, mm. We do. I lead character. Don't worry about spoilers, either. We don't worry no, about spoilers no, for these no old films. Here. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna talk away. Uh, but basically, yeah, Paul has just moved to to kind of a new house, and he has a robot. Um, I can only assume is the inspiration for BB-8 from uh, later, <laughs> later Star Wars movies. He has his robot BB, who is this hilarious robot to look at. I, I saw that it cost uh, like over twenty thousand dollars. I was just gonna say that, yeah, the robot cost over twenty thousand dollars like to make. Seven hundred pounds as well, or something, or could lift seven hundred pounds. Like it was a fully. Uh, it, it lift seven thousand five hundred pounds in weight. <laughs> like I was like, why did they create like such a behemoth? Well, it's, the thing about this that I don't understand is it costs 20 grand to make and it can lift that much weight. It says it the like eyes shit, were constructed from two 1950s camera lenses, a garage remote control unit, and a radio antenna taken from a Corvette. I mean, it literally sounds like it's hodgepodge thrown together, which is what it looks like, which makes sense in the movie. Yeah, why on earth did it... 500 quid. Yeah, why did it cost 20 grand? <laughs> yeah, Wes was ripped off there. They, they knew he had that nightmare money. That's what happened there. Well, someone ripped off um, something because someone pocketed at 19 grand after the end of this <laughs> there's a yeah. there's, it says and, craven, and the best part of a corvette <laughs> yeah craven used the company called robotics 21 i would love to look up the tax returns of said yeah. robotics 21 and see if there was a w craven involved in the uh the company that maybe had a tax write-off of 19 grand at the end of that <laughs> uh but yeah this robot looks like an absolute piece of shit which just uh, but but by the way I loved. Yeah, like, it was brilliant. But as soon as it starts, and you have this ridiculous scene of this guy yeah. breaking into a car, and in this like this robot choking him while it's going like gla, 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 and just talking absolute gibberish. The, I was like, "What is this film?" The voice of the robot is the most infuriating thing ever. It's so annoying. <laughs> it's it's out of this world how annoying it is. Like I can't believe that that like 
got came you know got through like multiple people sat down and saw this movie and went yeah robot sounds good well it's crazy it's it's minions before minions like it's Mm. this really annoying gibberish which which is perfect for them because they're supposed to be maybe maybe he inspired bba and the minions movies (laughs) i'll tell you what he's it listen he's a trailblazer like we've already established this at this point that he he just he creates so much of a legacy that in areas that you don't don't even realize yeah you don't even realize that he influences star wars yeah um but but yeah so um yeah bloody paul and and bb and and paul's mum kind of move into this house and uh like he he, yeah he basically meets the next door neighbor samantha and kind of instantly we can kind of see that she's got this abusive horrible father Mm. um and we end up just kind of like going on this again like you can see where this movie was going to be like them getting close to each other with bb shenanigans and it's kind of like a buddy cop movie with with you know kind of bb in the background and these two you know getting closer to each other until kind of um the bully scene as well is very much reminiscent of like you're saying of like this classic 80s teen kind of comedy where it's like oh here's these like guys in leather jackets that look like Mm. they're in their 40s but clearly they're supposed to only be a year older than these teens and like (laughs) giving them shit and so like the you know the badass robot's gonna help them out and scare away these bullies like it's just it's pure classic like 80s teenness isn't it um but yeah then we get kind of the, the 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 turn in the movie where a genuinely heartbreaking scene for me was when the um, crazy neighbor just shotguns the shit out of BB and destroys him, which, which yeah. like it, it genuinely upset me when he got <laughs> shot. Like I wasn't expecting him to get taken out like that. Like I was like, poor BB, like he didn't deserve that. Mm. Um, and yeah, he gets taken out. And then very soon after that, Samantha's dad basically pushes her down the stairs, which causes her, to to, to to slowly die <laughs> mm. like it was a weird like for a scene you know for, for a movie that's got a lot of violence in it this scene was quite strange and, and feels like it you know was clearly in the original cut and very pg yeah, where she 100%. kind of falls down the stairs she hits her head on the wall she looks still conscious and then he's like sam are you okay and then the next scene they're like in hospital and the doctor's like yeah she's brain dead yeah, like, like we're gonna have to the turn the machine off tonight. I, <laughs> I, had, I had to rewind it. Yeah, I rewind it and watched. I was like, did 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 she land like uh, put a head through like a shelf or something? <laughs> like, what happened? Um, and so yeah, kind of Paul decides. You know, I've I've basically created AI with with BB. I'm gonna just shove. You know, kind of again. You know, I don't know when did Reanimator come out. Did this movie inspire? Reanimator? I was thinking that because I was thinking a lot about Reanimator watching this. I, I was too, and I, yeah, and I'm like, which? Oh man, which they're one? really similar. So I think Reanimator is just before, by the looks of it. Damn it! Damn it! I hope Wes could get another another little. Uh, but yeah, basically, he decides to reanimate um samantha yeah, it was literally and, and the year before which makes so much crazy. sense <laughs> yeah it does make so much sense because especially when when they're like oh you need to add the gore to it he's mm. like oh i'm just gonna ham reanimate her yeah because because yeah we get this kind of scene where he implants the microchip of bb into samantha and now she has she is slow you know she kind of comes back and she slowly becomes you know more and more uh I don't know, aware, active <laughs> as the movie goes on. You know, she's kind of moves a leg and slowly starts moving. And by the end of the movie, she's, she's Paul Vaughn police cars. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, uh, 
this movie's this movie's crazy Mm. yeah it's mental i didn't know what on what on Mm. earth to expect and having now seen it i'm just like i feel almost feel like i'm done the wiser in some ways where i'm just like that was bizarre i i think it's just a movie that having seen it i mean it's really hard to even go back to just my initial reaction to it because having now read so much about it it makes so much sense but like when i was watching it i was like this is just you know you 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 brought up reanimator which was exactly what i was thinking of when i was watching it where i was like reanimator the tone is perfect because they they just know what they're doing so they know exactly what they're going for the intent is there and they nail said intent and that's why you know i i didn't watch reanimator until it when it came out i only watched it in recent years and i absolutely loved it because i think all of it completely holds up whereas this movie is just tonally about four different films and so i think there are times when it's very goofy very camp which i think is really enjoyable Mm -hmm. like some of the laughs i got the the scene when they're trying to drug his mum is hilarious like i was uh, it was so good when he's putting this like ridiculous white powder in her coffee that just sits on top of this this drink (laughs) and she keeps coming over and looking at it and not reacting and then he's like trying to get her to turn away while he stirs it with his finger and at one point she's like out of frame to get like a pie or something and he's like staring it and i don't know if this was always one of those things whether it was maybe like a widescreen release that now kind of fucks it up even more but like you can see her on the left of the frame just just standing there looking at him and then he's like so he's like twirling his finger and then he quickly stops and she walks into frame and is looking right at him just to be like you know because that's how the scene's supposed to work and it just doesn't work at all but it was like really funny and then when she's like drinking the coffee and it's taking ages and the friend is looking at her um and i was just like why is this so intense and then when he spit take the milk like all over his face i was like this is hilarious and that was a moment where i was like no this was clearly the intent like it's well, stupid like, damn i make good coffee or something yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly where because she's like hmm and you're and the, and the friend is looking all nervous like she's gonna know that we're trying to drug her and then she's like damn i make good coffee and he just spits takes all <laughs> over his face and i was like this is great like this oh, is clearly the intention of this scene it's supposed to be light-hearted and fun and i'm enjoying it for that but then you just get scenes that aren't like that at all because and again, it's obvious now, having seen how just butchered and Frankenstein this movie ended up, but it is like it's four different intents, uh, you know, at different times. And and that's just never a good way to make a movie. There's never an example of like, yep, that that worked in it when the producers had their hands all over it and they forced reshoots and they forced <laughs> extra sequences and they added on a ridiculously dumb ending and everyone loved it. It was a 10 out of 10 movie. It's like, no, that's that's never happened. Thankfully, it seems like we get less of that now either that or they just cover it up better um but it's it's just bizarre i i don't even know how i felt about it i enjoyed (laughs) quite a lot of it i definitely enjoyed the start with just the robot because it was just this classic 80s cheese that i was really enjoying i think when we actually got to like what the movie is about which is like sam being this weird ai I was just like, what is this? And again, I wanted it to be right reanimator. I wanted it to be silly With and camp. Yeah. Like, I just wanted her to be, like, you know, doing stupid things, like trying to work out how to, you know, open a fridge or something and just, like, or drinking and it's falling out the back of the head. You know, you want Mm. those, like, silly scenes, but it's it's played just a bit too straight. And then you get these scenes of graphic violence, which are (laughs) really well done. And and 
in like in, in their own right are fantastic like the the old lady the getting killed or the not the, the head exploding yeah. scene was gnarly. it's it's one of my favorite kills i've seen in an 80s horror film because yeah. it's just ridiculous like the way they build to it when she has that basketball in her hand and the second they throw it and then it obviously cuts to like the fake head um which was apparently filled with cow brains um yeah. as i was reading earlier seems, and seems right which is just awesome because it looks ridiculous. But then the fact that we then get someone running around with like a fake torso on their shoulders. Um, Why were they so far down in the torso? <laughs> Why? Why couldn't they just like be hunched over a little bit? Like, oh, it's so good because there's like this big area where you can see where the person's hiding. And then when they fall on their side, you can just see it's a person like hunched up under the dress. It's so brilliant. <laughs> it's amazing i loved it so much like those are the moments that are just so enjoyable um Mm. but again it's just all over the shop and then it definitely i think like the the last sort of 20 to 30 minutes really started to lose me um because it was almost like a quasi revenge movie at one point where (laughs) there was like the few people that wronged them so Mm. it was like i need to get the revenge on my father i need to get revenge on the old woman that killed bb and then after you kind of killed those two off the movie didn't really know where to go and that's where i guess it was supposed to be the intent of like oh they have this strong Mm. connection and all this stuff but none of that's in the film because we didn't get to see it so he kind of has this infatuation with her but we we see about two scenes with them when they're like mm. both humans and there's not really any chemistry there there's just nothing interesting it's just, bad, but yeah nothing yeah crazy. it's just like boy meets girl and they mm-hmm. kind of like each other and then she dies like mm. that's it and so i'm not like rooting for her i'm not like emotionally invested in him trying to like save her or anything like that and so by the time we get to the finale, at least there was some fun. Like when she lifts the guy over her head in the alleyway, that looked really good. Um, yeah, I thought that looked really good. And I'm curious how they did that. Like I'm assuming it was with wires or whatever, but like yeah. it looked good considering. Well, he he so, got catapulted clearly with wires, so I'm yeah. assuming it was wires to lift him. But so it, I yeah. really liked that sort of stuff. So that was fun. And then it was just a case of like, okay, the movie doesn't know how to end, so let's just get this <laughs> ridiculous final sequence, which makes no sense in the in <laughs> at all. <laughs> it looked great and was to the point where i was like laughing and, and when it ended and the credits hit and the credits have this song which is saying like bb over and over again which is just again bizarre <laughs> it's just this uh, I, this movie is like a fever dream that i'm still like coming down from yeah. um, it was very unique i don't think i'll forget about it anytime soon like so many of the scenes are really ingrained in my memory which mm. i think can only be a good thing compared to stuff like deadly blessing which yeah. i do think is like a way better made film but like i'm struggling to remember a lot about that yeah, whereas this is alone. <laughs> <clears throat> but but yeah this is just this is just super memorable in such a bizarre way and i just don't even know how to feel about it to be honest so what did you make of your first time watching deadly um, friend I had, I had a great time <laughs> i had a really great time because it is just an absolute fever dream like not knowing the the saga of yeah the post production of this movie i just got halfway through this movie and just chalked it up to like copious amount of drug use that might mm. be going on in the 80s <laughs> and and i was just like man this movie is just one hell of a trip where it makes no sense but the the different parts all of the different parts of the movie are enjoyable it's just when you put them together it makes no sense like yeah the violence was crazy good you know um the 
the the bb kind of fun you know campy teen stuff was really fun you know and and all of those things were enjoyable and yeah it was just scene by scene you just didn't know what you were going to get like you didn't know whether you're going to get bb kind of you know just driving a car for banter <laughs> or or whether you're going to get like a graphic murder scene you know and it was just um it, it kept me guessing and i think like i i pretty much enjoyed it all the way through i do definitely agree that when the revenge kind of kills happen i was left thinking like what is going to happen like you know with this is she going to go on this rampage is you know what you know what what's going to happen and the movie just doesn't really know and like it's funny that it's kind of like they're in the house and then they're running in the street and they're literally just like running around town like and, and it was almost like you know they had no way no idea where to go and they're just like we're just going to run and have the police chase us and see where we end up mm. like it was it was kind of you know that it was definitely bizarre but yeah i had i just had a really fun time with it i think um you know the the decapitation was was really fun i think it's we we got to see uh the um hills of eyes part two papajoupe window uh jump again which was great um that actually kind of made more sense that that why why she jumped out of the window um yeah that was fantastic yeah and i and i was like man it, it reminded me a lot of like um you know, when we saw Deadly Blessing and they had like the bath scene and like, don't yeah. get wrong, it's not quite a hand that much, but it was like, <laughs> he knew he wanted someone to jump through a window <laughs> in slow-mo. So like he, he figured out how to do it in Hills of Eyes part two. And then it made sense in this movie why she did it. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that so much. I, you know, um, obviously like Charles Bernstein does the music um, uh, for this as well. Um, and, and you definitely kind of get that throughout as well, which is really mm. bizarre. You know, this, this kind of, um, music that makes way less sense in this movie because it's quite haunting it you know it's all these bells and stuff and it's you know quite nightmare on elm street with this movie that tonally isn't that yeah um but it was still fun to hear um and like because it's just a hodgepodge that's the thing and like yeah it doesn't fit but like is his music good like for a horror (laughs) movie yeah yeah (laughs) you know and and um and then, yeah, when we got, like, because even, like, the dream sequences, like, hilarious as they are, the fact that, yeah, they clearly didn't exist and they just needed to make them. Like, and obviously, you know, we we moan about dream sequences unless it's a Nightmare on Elm Street because it's, it serves a point. But, like, they they were all really good, like, and, and at least with these ones, they're not, like, the, you know, the modern-day dream sequence where it's just a jump scare. You know, these were mm-hmm. graphic kind of scenes and i'm like so at least we're you know we're getting something for this dream sequence um and and so so yeah like i ended up coming out of this one enjoying it quite a bit like i kind of in my head i was like oh you know if we'd have like picked this up when we were super young like do you know what i mean mm. if we'd have picked this up like around the time we picked up hills of ice part two like <laughs> would we have watched this movie hundreds of times and like you know almost definitely <laughs> <laughs> exactly um and and so yeah like i i can't help but but like it and i know it's fucking terrible but i but i can't help but quite like it and especially how naff bb looked i think that was the thing that just blew my mind the most Mm. was that i'm like even like with no budget you could make something better than that let alone with 20 grand do you know what I mean? Like that's it's one of the worst robots I've ever seen in like on film. 
it's, it's proper just like mac and cheese, isn't it? From <clears> friends, <throat> it's just so like like. And again, that's after even, the fact, making fun of the eighties. But this is in the eighties, in the prime, where it's like, mm. yeah, this is like the peak of technology, and it's just crazy. and the, the voice was just out of this world annoying. Mm. Like, but but it jumped the shark because it, it was out of this world annoying, and then it just got to the point that like when he died, I felt sorry for him. Yeah, like, five minutes in, if you'd have said like he gets blasted with a shotgun, I was like, oh, thank god because <laughs> he's so annoying but then he won me he won me around you know he's a little charm he's you know i started to uh, you, you know like in in star wars when they kind of talk to r2d2 and they understand what he says yeah I, I feel like i started to just get understand him i think like, i did as well like, and i didn't want to no i did like when he got <laughs> shot i heard him just like look at luke and, and not luke that's, that's star wars <laughs> and say use the force <laughs> this is our star wars in review <laughs> this felt this felt like uh this know, felt like star if, wars <laughs> what if what if star wars was set on earth that's that's what this movie felt like <laughs> this is like the quickly quickest this ever derailed i think <laughs> <laughs> mate how did you uh, how did you expect this not to derail <laughs> yeah it's the only way we can talk about this film it's funny as well though because even like the the relationship between paul and tom was like this weird relationship that reminded me of like Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, mm. um, where like, like five minutes in, Paul's just like, "So have you got a girlfriend?" And like, <laughs> he was clearly like trying to get information on Samantha, but I'm like, "Were you?" And like, and, and I think that's the thing. Like, as this movie kind of got cut the way it did, there are more scenes between Paul and Tom than there are Paul and Samantha. Mm. So. As this movie got into the latter parts, I wasn't sure whether they were going to have like a connection or something, like a thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know whether you did, but like, you know, it's very campy. And like, especially when they're like, you know, thrown to, you know, he's like, oh, you know, um, do it for our friendship, you know, come and give me half an hour and all of this stuff. And I'm like, I just kind of like felt more of a connection between those two than I did Paul and Samantha. <laughs> yeah, for the sure. He has a massive problem. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, and I think like it is kind of amazing how he created that that kind of the, you know the, the gore and violence in this to, to the the fact that it clearly wasn't there, and then he just kind of reluctantly did it is is kind of crazy, isn't it? You know, you, mm. you you'd have thought that he'd have put like time and effort into it, and it's just kind of like, oh, you, you want the craven effect? Here we go. And then here's one of the most gnarly kind of head bursting scenes in in all of 80s horror yeah it is like it's it's definitely sad in a lot of ways because we see it time and time again that wes really just wanted to move away at certain times you know as his right to do so as a filmmaker and then it was just time and time again these like the studios and i think that's so consistent with wes in his career that he just had no power or like yeah. influence at all yeah. and so like any time the people the big, movie scene yeah like, anytime like, the big wigs with the cash told him to do something he had to do it because there was back then there was no other choice like it was you do what the people say with the money or you just don't get the money full stop whereas i think now we are in a better position in terms of like the actual creative minds the actual talented people mm. not just the people with the money do get to have more of a say thankfully and and obviously ultimately that's always going to come out with better art at the end of the day Definitely. um 
Yeah, speaking of the actual violence as well, um, obviously we have to talk as the ongoing saga with every Wes Craven movie, his battle um, against the 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 kind of uh, certification only, boards. Only Wes could make a movie that he aims to have produced <laughs> as PG, then had a battle to get the rated R. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Only, like he makes Rob Zombie look look tame, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he really does. Like they just they had such a problem with him for so long, and it's exactly what you said. Of once you get on their shit list, you're on it for life. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. He could have made kids' films; they would have still had a problem with him. Um, and yeah, this is specifically obviously with the MPAA, and as always, them along with the BBFC are the biggest waste of spaces and mm-hmm. a completely pointless organization that is no longer needed in today's society. Um, we've already talked about that in depth so listen to the previous episodes i don't want to go over it but yeah we mm-hmm. have sh- very strong thoughts on them and their uh their views on um yeah kind of cutting things out of movies it's just purely against the art form in my opinion um yeah but yeah he t- he's talking about obviously the basketball scene um and he says on deadly friend we had a scene where a nasty old lady gets her head knocked off with a basketball the actual scene as it was originally cut was fabulous she was running around the room like a chicken with a head cut off for 10 or 15 seconds it was bizarre and wonderful and they cut the shit out of it uh so i compiled what we called our decapitation compilation all of the films that i knew of that had decapitations in them that had an r rating and i sent it to them um they immediately sent it back saying that they just base it on what they feel in the room at the time um and we had like eight or ten films film by wes craven at the start yeah i mean it's just it just shows you how fucking pathetic it is um but yeah he said we had about eight or ten films in there like the omen where the guy gets his head cut off by a sheet of glass and it didn't matter to them at all um so yeah just another kind of prime example of these battles and um yeah he had to like i think there was something like 13 different edits you know back and forth And and it is just that classic thing of like we talk a lot about the power of editing and stuff and especially with a movie like this which has already got you know all these reshoots all these edits tacking on a new end and all of that it's all jumbled and then you have the mpaa that are saying okay you need to cut this 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 and this a total of 13 times before it then gets the the rating that obviously the production company won and it's and it's no surprise that you're left with a movie that is just so hodgepodge where you're just like how did any movie come out back in the day when like as we're going through this though i just am grateful because i keep thinking to myself why did wes keep making films yeah i know yeah because like he just battled everyone <laughs> like he had to <laughs> yeah. battle battle the ratings board he had to battle his own producers and people that gave him the money he could never have the creative freedom to do what he wanted you know mm. has have we ever truly seen a wes craven movie where he got to make start beginning and end how he wanted you know even when we have is masterpiece consistent it's constantly it's either the studio's button their noses in or it's the you know the ratings boards and it is just consistent where you're like where you know we do live in an era now thankfully where you do get these director's cuts and you do get these different releases of movies and i mean yeah there's still stuff to come um movies that we're going to comment on because yeah this is a movie that has kind of had like a small i guess i I would describe it as small like social movement um for people to kind of get the original cut um i think kind of the last sort of small update i guess was that um 
this did come out on blu-ray for the first time uh scream factory put it out last year last october mm-hmm. and it was around that time that people were saying like it does this include any of the you know the original cut without the added gore that was kind of the more the the, the sci-fi dark love story um and they said um at the time uh, we anticipate being asked if we found any alternate footage from the film as seen in the original theatrical trailer or craven's more milder original feature length cut unfortunately we could not locate any of the lost footage after investigating um sorry sorry we tried as fans of the films ourselves we wanted to see that as well um yeah i I saw an article i don't know if you saw this where um there were kind of like production stills and promotional kind of photos that are in mm. the cinemas that that had kind of um i think it was like a picnic scene <laughs> and like um them them uh herb get given a gift on a bench and kind of kissing and all mm. of these different kind of um <clears throat> scenes and kind of like a more dramatic scene of paul in the hospital with sam and kind of like weeping and all of that stuff and all of those were like promotional stills and lobby cards and stuff and and that seems like that's the only surviving and probably still not surviving now but the only kind of thing that ever saw the light of day from from that original cut Mm. which is just crazy yeah it's just like it's so unfortunate because you know we even talked about stuff like nightbreed recently where like it slowly gets discovered and they piece it together and then you end Mm. up with a movie that is at least somewhat closer to the director wanted but then there are times like this where it's just gone like there's just there's there's probably at least 40 minutes of like usable the usable stuff that was in the first you know this is the movie i want to make before the original uh, test audiences wanted all the gore and before they obviously had to edit all the stuff to get an actual rating and it's just like man like what you said it makes you wonder why anyone bothered in this era of filmmaking because yeah this is like 10 years later he then makes scream and it's like he could have easily just said fuck it like i don't i don't want to do this shit like it's just not worth it like it's just not worth the stress you know to constantly you know he's made a lot of movies at this point and this should be a guy who considering the the critical success the box office success of previous movies he should be able to just say what movie he wants to make and he clearly still didn't um there's another aspect as well over here that he, talk, he was talking about being rushed where basically the he had to deliver the first cut of Deadly Friend at the exact same time that they also, um, New Line wanted the original script for Nightmare on Elm Street 3, um, <laughs> which was he, he was writing. And so it's basically he was doing two things at once, which he was also saying that made it very Classic. difficult to kind of get the quality that he wanted on both of them. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a bummer because I think it's impossible literally impossible for me to even think about this movie without thinking about all of this stuff and i think even when i watched it for the first time it was just so obvious like i think even stuff like um other movies that have we have obviously had these outside influences it's not been as jarring as this this was like one of the most jarring i've ever seen where i was like i don't even know how to judge this as a film because it's just tonally all all over the shop and then we have these self-contained moments where i find this bit really funny and goofy i find this gore really good i like the stuff with the robot and there is something of a story here but it's just all over the shop And, and and by the end of it i'm like man I don't even know how to feel about this movie other than that it was <laughs> clearly mispotential um, and clearly is just another example of bad things that happened in the film industry around that time. Um, which, yeah, it was a bummer. Like, it's, it's, it's such a bummer for Wes, obviously. Um, because, yeah, and especially for fans, like, that, that is obviously the dream and it's why you see these social movements. The other one, mm. which obviously we'll talk about a lot more when we get to it, is Cursed, which yeah. had a lot of 
different cuts and edits and blah 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 and so there's yeah those are kind of like the two like (laughs) i know even i know like that's the thing i'm talking about now like oh the 80s but like cursed i mean again we'll get to that it was a way more recent movie that had pretty much all of the same problems this did and it's just like man why didn't why don't they just let a dude make a film and just see what happens like Mm. is it really that hard of a concept to follow production companies and and producers and all this test audience bullshit like it's really frustrating i know what you mean but i i still like i say i still enjoyed the movie yeah that that was put in front of me just because of of its craziness that yeah like if (laughs) you know if we're like talking about nightmare alley one week and then we're talking about this then it's you know it's insanity but (laughs) it's just like well you know it was still a fun ride and just to see you know someone that's clearly talented you know we got these um you know scenes reminiscent of nightmare on elm street kind of you know the the camera coming through the window and then kind of you know tracking to paul in in you know when he's in bed asleep and kind of you know feels very reminiscent of nightmare on elm street and and obviously with with the music as well um clearly the boiler scene as well like the dad's mm. kind of death in the boiler scene they they literally told him like oh when you add the violence with violence we're gonna need some fire and a, and a boiler going on like because that's because like um i watched the trailer for this i don't know uh, like after i watched the, the movie yeah um bb's not in the trailer yeah i read that earlier and i did want i do want to watch the trailer now because yeah, i heard that like obviously in terms of the marketing yeah they just fully it's tried all, to market this just, as a horror film it's all just like the final act stuff it's like basically it, it like says like oh yeah she's she's basically reanimated you know and it's just like brilliant like it's just it is just gnarly and and yeah like i said i i, I didn't know what to expect but but i could never have expected that yeah you, you mentioned the boiler scene and obviously mm. we got a burned guy um mm-hmm. but we didn't get a flaming guy mm. which was really disappointing because that was one thing that i was looking for in this movie where i was like okay this is classic so many of wes's movies at this point have had at some point mm. a man running on fire which was clearly yeah, something wes was just obsessed with in this era where it was like it just looks so good and, and it, to be fair it always looks great it always looks dangerous as fuck um but it always looked fantastic because it always is dangerous as fuck. <laughs> yeah like maybe he just run out of stuntmen at this point but like yeah. I, I was a bit disappointed that we literally cut from a guy and then he's burned and i was like oh man like who knows think, maybe that was after, on the cutting floor i think after nightmare on elm street because that that guy was a psychopath yeah wes was like okay if you could just burn for like five seconds that would be great and he was like you want me to burn for 35 seconds i'll do 50 and then wes was like no i, I said five do you remember like, the one in Swamp Thing as well? Like yeah. that one was because he's like runs from inside to outside. Then he has to run quite far to like fall into the swamp. Like, I remember yeah, that one looked awful. Like my Elm Street, he walks up the stairs. He falls yeah. down the stairs, then walks up a couple more, and then actually <laughs> dies on screen whilst on fire. Like it, it's just like I'm pretty sure you could see the actor's face melting like as that scene was unfolding. It was it was crazy. Yeah, I really that would have definitely added like would have yeah. put this movie up more in my estimation had we just got a flaming man because I just always love yeah, it we, in, we in do Wes's movies. It. We, do need it, yeah. we need to look but out for it every single time. I guess it's time to uh to rank yes yeah should we rank this so yeah we obviously have a top 10 before adding deadly friend will it will it break the top 10 (laughs) (laughs) 
we shall see um so yeah number one is a nightmare on elm street number two is scream number three is scream four number four is the hills of eyes part two number five is the hills have eyes number six is scream two number seven is the last house on the left number eight is scream three Number nine is Swamp Thing, and number ten is Deadly Blessing. So, I mean, I'm only looking at two films on this yeah. list, um, which, which what, not unsurprisingly, it between Hills of Ice Part One and Two. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I know you're going to troll me here, but like, where is he going to aim? Is he going to say like Scream <laughs> One and Four? Yeah, that's what I was expecting. Yeah, um, I, I know. That's why I thought I'd hit you with the curveball. Um, yeah yeah no i don't yeah. think i, I don't I think like any of those <laughs> are going to be broken up just yet um no i i like this more than than deadly blessing for for sure mm. um it like it, it's difficult because i i definitely enjoyed both swamp thing and this and like mm. but having seen this very fresh <clears throat> i'm i'm feeling like higher on this one but i i seem <laughs> to remember like quite a lot of positives from swamp thing when we did when we did see it, you know, and, and like talking about the, the, the flaming man and the fact it has a coherent story and makes mm. sense, um, <laughs> is, is, you know, got, got a bit of a tick in the, in the pros column for Swamp Thing. Um, so yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's sitting there. It's, it's certainly not going any higher. I think, you know, for me, no. I think it's better than, than Deadly Blessing. Um, yeah for me it's difficult because when we obviously did this i I said at the time when we ranked them that i do think deadly blessing is a better film than swamp thing Mm. um you know this has never been that this is always our favorites it's Mm. what we'd like to watch etc and so yeah i enjoyed swamp thing more i think it's more fun i think it's more you know just rewatchable um Mm. and so that was why i put it above it even though i think deadly blessing has better acting better you know direction better story um i just found it to be quite boring um so then when you get to a movie like deadly friend (laughs) it's difficult because again it's not better made than deadly blessing like 100 percent not um i I, like i will i will watch this movie again way more than i will deadly blessing still i don't think i'd watch either again anytime soon um (laughs) swamp thing would would have its charm i would watch this just for that decapitation or you know head oh yeah yeah like this uh, this is gonna have like i said at the top of the show 20 minutes of bb like yeah this has its memorable like the guy like doing his spit taking the milk i mean that alone i'd I'd rather watch than (laughs) most things in deadly blessing um you know, yeah. instead of like 40 minutes of just this little communal farm going mm. on. Um, so, yeah, whereas Swamp Thing, I do think is probably doesn't have like the highs necessarily of this film, no. but is definitely it's Cody I think tip. tonally it makes perfect <laughs> sense. Like it's it's trying to be goofy. Um, and yeah, it's it, I'm not too fussed either way. I definitely think no. these three are in their own little league and they can fight it out between themselves for the rest of the ranking. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I definitely think these three are in a fun little place. And I, I think there's mm. something that's worth like, you know, revisiting with this when we do revisit the list that we don't just mm. ignore these bottom three because they are no. duking it out and, and none of them suck. No, like, that's the thing. Yeah, I don't hate any of these films wrong. yet, which is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. I really thought there would be at least one where I'm like, oh, my God, the one that I never even want to think about. And then that's what's weird of seeing <clears throat> Deadly Blessing on the bottom where that feels <clears throat> harsh. Like, 
I can't imagine ending this and calling that his worst film because yeah. that just feels wrong because I do think it's a pretty well-made film. I just find it quite boring. Yeah. Um, but hopefully it, it is because then yeah. I would like to say like, well, actually his worst movie yeah, for me. I, I still liked. It, yeah, well, mm. or is well-made. I just find it quite boring. Mm. And I think that would be way better than like, oh my God, he made a movie that I can't stand. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not fussed either way to yeah. be honest, whether it goes above or below Swamp Thing. How do you feel about it? me neither man like i think it's like it's close and like i say i think i think right now i'm quite high on it having just mm. seen it and and i i'd be curious to see where it settles after that like uh like, like i said I, I i think the the violence coupled with the the just laugh out loud moments i had with mm. this uh but remember a that... swamp creature drives a boat boats yeah and which is really the, good and, and we got the flaming man uh, yeah like some know. of the stunt work in swamp thing is is spectacular oh, how yeah. crazy it is i mean if we're comparing them as two movies it's not even, <laughs> you know two you know actual i mean two actual kind of like which ones are more competent and, and you know technical feats then yeah but well if, we, if yeah, we're going to do that we need to bring deadly blessed back in the conversation <laughs> yeah no I, I i think it should probably go below swamp thing for now and, and yeah. we'll, we'll see where it sits for there because um like i said it, it's easier to be higher on these movies when you first see them mm. um and yeah and i think it's it's always better to kind of just just let the dust settle a bit as well um yeah you know it, the, the more important thing is how how low hills of eyes part two is on this list we'll get to that in a second so yeah well so obviously deadly friend um did break the top 10 um yeah. coming in at number 10 it we now have the uh we have the dual deadlies at the bottom of the list mm-hmm. um and yeah the rest of this list is shaping up like it's I, I love it because there's so many movies on here I like, but then every mm-hmm. now and then you glance at it and you're like, man, Last House on the Left at number seven. Like, yeah. I really like that film. And then yeah. even Scream 3 is fantastic, but it's number eight. But then you look what's above it and it's like, exactly. it gets difficult. Um, oh, yeah. I'm even looking at Scream 2 above Hills of Eyes 1. I'm like, yeah. maybe, you know, which one would I rather watch? Who knows? Like, it's, it's difficult. Crazy. It's not good. <laughs> um, so yeah, do you are you feeling fruity about any of the other movies, or are you pretty happy with no, the eleven I'm, as I'm it stands? Not, if I'm being serious about it, like um, I think I think it sounds good. Like when you're going through it, and um, like like you say, it's it's kind of crazy that you you almost get to the end of the list, and I'm like I'm waiting for the trash. Mm. You know, when when you are saying things like you know Last House on the Left, and it's number seven, it's like does does that keep in the top 10 by the time we get to the end of it like <laughs> i know it feels so crazy if it wasn't yeah right. it felt like a no-brainer that that would be like right up there do you know what i mean mm. but like it's you know it, it is how it is and, and like i say i think i think that's the fun part that as we're seeing these, these movies we are getting quite a lot of enjoyment from from them all even these ones that we've never seen before Oh yeah, like it's always a blast watching these for the first time and just being like, "What on earth are we going to get this time?" Um, so yeah, I definitely enjoyed that aspect of it. And mm-hmm. uh, actually, I'll probably be getting a similar-ish experience next time um, because do you know what's next on the agenda? What have we got next? Shocker or uh... no? There's there's one before it. So oh, another movie that I haven't rainbow. seen. Yes, it is indeed the Serpent yeah. and the Rainbow. <clears throat> have you have you seen this film? I've never seen this one either. Right. Um, 
this one is one like just the image alone like uh, i've seen so many times from like yeah like the poster of this one yeah like dvd of this so many times and like yeah i've never like picked it up (laughs) yeah Um, but yeah this one seems pretty gnarly Mm. yeah it looks it sounds cool so I'm, i'm looking forward to that whenever we do get to it um which we yeah will probably be in about a month or so. We usually try and keep probably these going. Next week. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> I was gonna say because next week we have nothing planned. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't know why you're talking about two or three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, so put in the rain fire. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I'm kind of down would, for that. It would be hilarious. Uh, at this point, it's like man, 2022 is just bizarre because, like, as we keep saying, there is so much coming out this year that I'm looking forward to. Just none of it's now. It's just not yet. <laughs> yeah, it's like it I'm trying to think about Fright Fest weekend. That's when it's all yeah. going to hit. You know, it will be as well. <laughs> we'll have Honestly, like two TV shows and four movies at the cinema that week, and we're like, well, bank holiday August weekend. Yeah. It'll be yeah. Stranger Things will come out on the Friday. Yep um it'll be jordan peele's movie would have been delayed a month so that'll yeah. come out as well and then, and then yeah it'll be fright crazy. first yeah it'll yeah. be like one of a smaller release as well like a small oh, indie british film again. that we want to see will be like oh i've just i've just directed an entire tv show surprise <laughs> yeah. like you know it is ridiculous um yeah. but yeah that was our discussion of and ranking of uh deadly friend uh, we'll take a short break and we will be right back So, yeah, just before we uh, head off this week, uh, we did have a quick email, actually, this week um, from Sean, um, who just uh, says, um, Guys, I have received grief for having this movie in my top ten, but I don't care what anyone says. I had a great time with this one, and I know that I'll be watching it, uh, watching this movie many more times in the future. I unashamedly love this film. Um, and he was actually talking about Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, um, oh, yeah. which he picked up on 4K. And, yeah, I mean, first of all, we love we really liked the movie as well like it was in our top 10 yeah um, i was gonna say don't don't be shy <laughs> of that it was in our top 10 as well yeah so obviously um yeah you're not alone there and i think you, you know you got the right attitude of like uh, especially doing this podcast has made me perfectly realize that is that you you can't care what other people think of movies like you mm-hmm. you can only have your own opinion because i think that anytime you even remotely try and ch- <clears throat> chase what is trendy what you think people will like mm-hmm. i think it's a fool's errand like i really do like even looking at last year in 2021 which i thought was an insanely strong year for horror it was like the most diverse think, lists i've ever seen from people which yeah. i think is a good thing because there's so much out there for so many different people and i think mm-hmm. i saw movies last year that were like <clears throat> One off the top of my head was Censor, which on mm-hmm. paper is a British movie. I really liked the um, the, the plot, mm-hmm. yeah, the premise. And so I was I was really excited for it. And I thought it was just a forgettable, okay mm-hmm. film. Didn't think it was a bad film, just thought it was okay and was never in my running for anything best of. I saw people that had it at number one last year. And so, like, I think that just shows you that there is so much yeah. out there that will just resonate with so many different people. So, yeah, you can never worry about what other people like or dislike. I think, I think that's the thing, you know, and especially when you see the amount of 
of movies that like we see for mm. the show and like we know that sean sees week in and week out it's like and they just you, come you, out in general <laughs> yeah but like you you have to just draw you know what what you're into you know it was it was you know it was similar um like you say when we when we see these these movies and sometimes you know for example like nighthouse last year like mm. it's quite diff- you know it's quite rare for us to have quite a different opinion on it but that was a, that was a show where we had quite a different opinion on the movie and it's like well even when you're mostly aligned you know there can just be these little things that 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 throws it one way or another mm. yeah for sure see i think it's always a nice reminder to just be like yeah just like what you like mm. like i but also i, I like realized the that an evil movie because it's good it is very good, yeah, and that is a movie as well where, like, I I do wish that had done well um, mm. to make another one because oh, I do man, think I love that that so much. Yeah, I just think that director had a lot of love clearly for for the franchise, which mm. I think is always important. But also, he had some really interesting ideas the way he was kind of adapting it, and even as we discussed, like, I would have liked to have seen his hodgepodge kind of sequel of, of how he would have added in elements of resident evil 3 elements of resident evil 4 maybe he would have even gone straight to like newer stuff that would have been yeah. really cool if he'd have been like pulling from seven and village as well because that stuff is so fresh and so i mean it's so cinematic because those movies are like basically based upon classic horror movies that they kind of write themselves as great films so yeah it, it, i would love to have just seen more of that guy um make resident evil because he he shot for the sky and I definitely think he landed more than he missed. Um mm-hmm. and it's a great film. I, I really I wanna watch this movie again for yeah, sure. I um I don't know when it's out over here, but uh, I might have to pick it up in the future. That'll um, be pretty soon, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, because what we well, we saw it in December, didn't we? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's getting towards that time that we'd probably come out maybe in March. Um But yeah, that is pretty much it for another week. Um as we as we said in our discussion. <laughs> um not much on the agenda. We'll there is movie. A, yeah there's a few things floating around but obviously like texas chainsaw is the big one which i believe is the week after so um we do have (laughs) we do have a new (laughs) horror film coming out that people have heard of which is always nice um but it's not next week (laughs) so we can't uh fill it with the stuff that we've been watching like jackass and and other stuff because we actually need to talk about horror film next week um Yeah, we can't just talk about, you know, Ghostbusters on 4K or whatever. Um, Look, we, we could we a show on it. Like, I'm just saying we could next week. We could do Last Night in Soho spoiler cast, though. That's always on the agenda. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll have to figure something out. The, the good news is there's always shit to watch. Yeah. The bad news is some of it might be shit. <laughs> yeah, that is true so but you never know until you've seen it do you like because we had you know advent calendar was on our backlog for a little while and we might have missed that if it wasn't quiet and we really enjoyed that so hopefully we've got to find that i think when we spoke before like there was a there was a couple of netflix movies that we missed Mm. last year and a couple of them did sound quite exciting you know quite interesting um so so yeah i'd I'd be down for picking up something that might maybe not you know it might not necessarily be a 2022 release but it'll certainly Mm. be a recent kind of 2021 release that we missed and catch up on the backlog i should say as well as like if you've seen something out there recently that you really enjoyed that we haven't done a show on Mm. like definitely let us know again within reason in terms of the release like i would say limit it to last year and this year yeah um so try and have it at least a 2021 release um you know obviously if it came to like shudder or something last year that's fine um because yeah like you know we're definitely open for um recommendations um and also it's nice because if the movie sucks then we have someone to blame so Mm. uh that's always handy <laughs> Always no, I don't want to scare people away from recommending <laughs> stuff they like. No, <laughs> no. 
I think, I think at this we'll point, like there's there's no blame on this podcast. We we like no. we like, like things mostly. Um, and yeah, I think whenever we don't like something, we are genuinely disappointed. Yeah, and like I said, even after sitting through <laughs> Lamb last week, I've still not seen a movie this year that I that I hated. So um, I'm going to continue that for as long as humanly possible um, <laughs> because we all like i'm trying to like recent years some of the stuff that we've seen lamb was only last week that felt like so long ago <laughs> i know <laughs> what is this year <laughs> i know it's the year that just like somehow just is not moving even though oh. it should be and it's like we're seeing great films but uh not horror films because <laughs> yeah, um, to the point where even like man how much of like batman and morbius are <laughs> horror because like that's that's the level we're at at the minute where we're like we're gonna yeah, see these at, movies at this point, so at this point, i'm like morbius is a straight-up horror movie <laughs> oh yeah it's a vampire film yeah. like if we just ignored that it was superhero we would definitely be just seeing any vampire cinema horror film so yeah, yeah. i think that's on the table i think <laughs> batman is pushing it a bit but we'll see how we're feeling in mid-march because who knows how before. we feel it's been on the feed before that's all i'll say <laughs> yes it has and uh, not many people would have ever listened to it but but uh, hopefully no one yeah hopefully no one but uh if if you were og enough it was on the feed (laughs) yeah if anyone is still listening who remembers that we this isn't a lie because you may think we're joking um we did an episode on batman v superman dawn of justice and a genuine show that that was titled that it wasn't just like an end of no off the top of my head it was something like it was like episode five no i think it was it was really early all right yeah and um i think suicide squad was around like 14 but yeah the those feuds anything we thought was at that point in the early days yeah which honestly at this point i feel like we should bring back because uh yeah well we've seen some great films that we've both really really enjoyed at the cinema in recent months that we just haven't even mentioned on the podcast mm. um right. so yeah we'll, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see but yeah that's all for next week uh but that was our discussion of deadly friend uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone